Good evening, America. All you freedom-loving, constitution-loving Americans. Welcome to Conversation Storing Our Republic and how to go about that. And boy, do we do we need some help. Look at what they did in Mar Largo. Look at what they've done to us in so many other ways. And they're just going to keep on keeping on like the bully on the block until we put a stop to it. And that's where you and I come in. I'm Governor Carpenter of Colorado Free State, and I'll welcome everyone in our panel tonight. Justice Waters, Indiana Free State. Good evening, sir. How are you tonight? Doing good, sir. How about you? Doing a lot better if we had our republic back. Boy, this thing down there in Mar Largo, it's almost unbelievable. The American people are stunned. Yes, they are, and I, I need to address something about that. You know, a lot of people don't look at a timeline of events. Timelines are very important to see steps, how they progressed to where they're at now. And just real briefly, what they've done, they passed a number of bills since Biden's been in office, trillion-dollar bills. And what these bills are doing, they're giving billions of dollars up to the climate change agenda. The bill they just passed gives $240 billion to the interest of China for businesses in China to make goods to come to America. Now, why would Biden want to do that? I mean, that's just wrong. But what's worse is they gave $80 billion to the IRS. Forty of that billion is to hire 87,000 new agents. These, these guys aren't going behind desks. It's going to take them at least 18 months to train these agents to be in the field because they have to put in new software, new computers, throughout the entire world, wherever there is an IRS computer. This is going to take some time. That's where the other $40 billion is going to. My question is, why didn't they give any money to, say, oh, you know, the Border Patrol? Boy, they could sure use some help. No, that's not on the agenda. That needs to stay open so the fentanyl can keep coming in. The bottom line, folks, is what they did by by passing this bill over the weekend, and we thought that Congress was working so hard for the people. No, it was an agenda. The whole thing with Trump is they're scared to death of him. They do not want him to run. They know whoever they put up against him is going to lose and lose big time. But here we have another problem. See, if you can't get Trump to run and he's off the ticket because, well, they find some bogus thing on him, then anybody else they put up there, they figure they got a shot at. You know why? Because of what happened in the 2020 election. They stole it. We know they stole it. I don't care what they think or what they say. Everybody in America knows they stole that election. And it worked so well for them, do you think possibly they might do it again in September? 
Do you really think they're that stupid? No. This is a game plan. The whole thing yesterday was to put something in your face to make you look at that. And I'm going to tell you something that most people don't know now. A story broke yesterday morning about Hunter Biden and about Joe Biden when the, he was vice president. Hunter brought in some high-ranking government officials of the CCP into the White House to have meetings with Joe and Hunter about establishing their businesses in China to bring money back to the Biden family. That story broke yesterday. You think maybe they don't want that out there? So why not go do something and cause a ruckus? Well, they did. They hit Mar-a-Lago. Everybody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about anything else. It's called a distraction. But if they can do it to a former president, what in the world is the IRS going to do with 87,000 new employees armed to the teeth because they've now bought 500 million rounds, bullets, and they've got over 700,000 weapons. Why does the IRS need all that? Because they're becoming the stormtroopers like Hitler had back in the 30s. America, this is why this republic needs to be stood up and needs to be stood up now. Because if it's not, we got serious problems ahead of us. Well, Justice Waters, thank you for your input there. It makes perfect sense to me the way I think that, number one, if you look at the facts, they don't have control of the uh, Federal Reserve anymore, so they can't print up any more money. If they're reaching the end of their resources and ability to create more, then they need to lean on the people harder to take their money. But you have to realize the direction that the world's going with going to gold-backed currencies and getting away from the central bank. And so if you look at it in that scenario, then basically the de facto government is playing with their de facto monopoly money. And it's like money laundering. They're, they're turning that worthless good faith and promises into military arms. So that, that agenda becomes very apparent to me. And the other comment I want to make is that, in reality, could they do us any bigger favor as those who seek justice and liberty for all under our Constitution than to, to literally drive patriot community to do something that's lawful and legal and just and moral and do it the right way and get back to what everybody wants is our Constitution. And so here we are, and here's the conversation tonight. What do you say about that, Roger? I say it in, in that sense, it's perfect timing. Because from what I have read and seen online on TV, even on MSNBC, they are furious to the fact that the 
Republican Party is all of a sudden energized. This was supposed to demoralize. Well, it didn't. What this has done, it's taken the militias of this nation, it's taken the ex-military of this nation, and it's lit a fire underneath them. And let me tell you, I have a funny suspicion that this fire ain't going out. You could get my drip. Back to you, Governor. No, they just they just they just poured more more gasoline on our fire. Gave the people more reason to wake up and pay attention and get unified and let's take control of this beast. So Governor in that spirit. You wanna talk about yes. the woke agenda? I think there's a lot of people in this country that last night woke up. Yeah. I'm monitoring the so, uh uh, social media and the uh, platforms that I have and whatnot, uh, you know, I don't think they they fear Trump. I think what it is, they fear the people, okay? That's what happens when Trump gets in there. They're going to fear the people. But this time, the people have to stand up and do something. They have to come together, and they have to restore the republic. We can't rely on Trump to ride down. The cavalry's not coming to save us. It's up to us to restore our republic. It's not up to Trump. It's not up to anybody in Washington, D.C., de facto corporation. It's up to us to get together and lawfully restore our republic, okay? So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, absolutely right. Exactly right. And so in that in that spirit, President President Geiger put together these thoughts that he uh, wanted to make sure that we were all aware of. So if you'll allow me the privilege. He says, are you ready to hold a transition election in your state? We are organizing committees in every state and county with the goal of holding lawful elections to refill vacant republic seats. In short, we want to hold transition elections to restore the republic. All restored republic officers are working towards holding transition elections in each of the free states. So what do I mean by this? And in order to understand, we have to understand and consider the Northwest Ordinance. The Northwest Ordinance of 1787 was the most important piece of legislation enacted by Congress under the Articles of Confederation. Some historians have claimed that the principles established in the Northwest Ordinance are so important that they actually formed part of the Constitution. Before the Constitution, uh, the ordinances promised a Republican form of government for the territories. It guaranteed that residents in the territories would not be treated as second-class citizens and that they would enter under the same terms as those states that were already part of the Union. The Northwest Ordinance also ensured the equality of rights of citizens in the new states with the rights of the citizens of the states that had fought the revolution. Listed are some fundamental rights, including trial by jury, habeas corpus, due process, and religious freedom. Excessive fines and cruel and unusual punishments were banned, and the Northwest Ordinance accelerated westward expansion, established policies for the creation of the new states and the admission of those states into the Confederation. Once the Constitution was approved in 1789, the United States Congress made minor changes, such that the President, with the advice and counsel of the U.S. Senate, had the power to appoint and remove the governor and officers of the territory instead of Congress. On August 7, 
1789, President George Washington signed the Northwest Ordinance of 1789 into law, and the Supreme Court recognized the authority of the Northwest Ordinance of 1789 as constitutional in Strader versus Graham. After it was codified by the first Azure Congress, it became known as One Statute 50. So, the bottom line is that One Statute 50 gives the president of the interim government the power to appoint, with the consent of the restored public senate, interim office holders in each of the several free states, which are, in essence, territories, since the states were vacated by the de facto. And in doing so, these office holders can then work towards organizing a transition election in their free state. So why is this important? Stands the American people find themselves in the very same place our forefathers found themselves prior to the Revolutionary War. Taxation without representation. Every American has the ample time to have witnessed the elections held in this country whereby the political machine and the fake ballots have controlled the outcome of those elections. It's clear there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it is a Marxist train ready to destroy America unless Americans intervene. Amazingly, our forefathers foresaw such a day. Thus, they designed the Northwest Ordinance as the mechanism to reset and reseat the Republic. I urge you to participate either by helping repopulate your free state or maybe becoming an office holder in the, in the interim government in your free state. Would you like to become an office holder in the interim republic? And if so, the following information is available to you. You can go to our website, sign up for the email update. That website is republicfortheunitedstatesofamerica.org. You can get on the show and communicate one-on-one -on -one with us. So, with that, I'll open up the lines to any of our uh, office holders here that have a comment before we uh, open up the chat line. Yeah, well, uh, Governor, this is Roger. I just have one one thing to, to mention here. Uh, there may be a lot of groups out there that hear this and wonder or think that, well, you know, we're doing this and we're doing that. All the work has been done. Everything that we need to do to enable our republic to to take stand to seat ourselves to have the people come in and actually govern themselves all that paperwork has been done we have notified all the organizations of the world of everything that we have done we sent paperwork out to the world court we've sent paperwork out to the joint chiefs We've sent it to the uh, World Postal Service, and we've sent it to uh, different organizations here in the states. We are good to go, so there's no need for any other group to start off with grand juries. We don't need uh, any other kind of formation to start to have to try to do all this same work over again. It's already been done. We're just sitting here waiting on you to join what we've accomplished, what we've done, and together as Americans, we can stand this thing up and literally take our country back. That's the goal. Governor, I yield. 
You know, and not only that, Roger, our our Patriots that helped put this together 10 years ago, in November 2010, had the foresight also to uh, stand the American people through the Republic, first in line, first in time, in the bankruptcy court to gain the assets of the bankrupt corporation. So when you have that background knowledge, and then you look at Trump's executive order taking the spoils from those corrupt entities that have tried to overthrow our government, and I don't need to name names. We all know or have a pretty good feeling as to who, what big companies were involved in that. According to those executive orders, those are now assets of we the people in the republic. So with a little background understanding that we possess, we try to pass on to you folks and help give you a little clearer perspective of what's really going on here as you watch and hear about some of the events unfold. I, I don't understand. How can we apply this <clears throat> Northwest Ordinance or how? what kind of formula, if I'm putting together an assembly here in North Carolina, can I use to enact, to re-inhabit our republic here in North Carolina, what can what what process should I do? What should I do? What formula? What law am I standing upon when I'm when I'm uh, going against the, the other jurisdiction or the de facto? Because uh, you're going to come into a confrontation. You're going to come into a, a a correlation with other people that are not going to understand what we're talking about here or what you're saying. So, because I'm even starting to get a little confused here. So I'm just trying to what. What do we do? What for? You're saying we use this formula, the Northwest Ordinance, to uh, re-inhabit our republic? Well, I mean, how do we do it? What do we? I, we need those tools. Well, That's what I understand. According to the Northwest Ordinance, thirty thousand people in each state now have jurisdictional rights and can hold fair and free elections. So, the goal is is in every state to have some form. Of responsible parties, according to the Northwest Ordinance, that's five people that's appointed a governor, two senators, a representative, and a judicial officer. And with that, and 30,000 people, they can organize and hold free and fair elections and establish their jurisdiction. Like we said earlier, we've done the heavy lifting. We're recognized in law. Like I said, folks, we got the heavy lifting done. Everything's in place. We just need the people who have enough faith and enough desperation to reach out to attain the impossible dream that's right here at your fingertips. How do we use these tools to re-inhabit the republic? Uh, you said 30,000. So if I got 30,000, let's just say I got 30,000 people here in a field uh, here in Greensboro, North Carolina. What do I tell these 30,000 people to do? Go vote. Go vote where? Vote for who? What are we doing? Where are they going? That's How are why, we re-inhabiting? That's why we're looking for leadership to bring together committees. Now, in my state, people have a right to a representative per county. And so then that county would come together under North Carolina, and they would try and put up a representative from each county to be the voice of the people in their county. And that gives them representation at the state level. And then the those people can 
had the responsibility of holding free and fair elections. Now that jurisdiction is done. So, and then the rest of it's recognized by well over 100 countries around the world. So, is it an instant process? Is it a take an aspirin and call me in the morning, fix? No, folks, it ain't that easy. And it wasn't that easy the first time. It isn't going to be any easier the longer we wait. So, no, Jim, you can all find your reasons to try not to get involved, and it's your future. It's simple as that. Hey, Joe? Yes. Let me try to answer your question here. If you were the president of the republic right now, let's just say hypothetically you are, and North Carolina came to you and said, hey, we, we don't have anybody as governor, the Northwest Ordinance gives you the right to appoint Governor Carpenter, let's just say, as governor of North Carolina. So he's now the governor of North Carolina. Now, you and the Congress, the National Congress, have to appoint judges and a secretary for North Carolina. That's under the Northwest Ordinance. But once that is done, it's up to the, the governor, Governor Carpenter, to now appoint officers of the militia, to appoint other officers of the government. Once that gets established, we are working on getting our 30,000 in the state to, to say, yes, I want to be a part of this. Once you get that 30,000, now they get to vote on a number of things. You break it down to the county level, 5,000 individuals in the county can vote for a representative under the Northwest Ordinance. Now, you got to remember, these aren't states. These are considered territories because they are now under, they're not under the de jure, they're under the de facto. They, when, when the de facto leaves, Tomorrow, the state is void. There's nothing there. It's a territory, okay? And we're bringing the de jure back into play, and this is how we're doing it. So once the governor and all all that that. is established, it's up to the state then to figure everything else out, who they want in what place. But you're assuming that the de facto is going to step aside, though. That was my original question. No, 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 uh, no. It doesn't make any difference how the de facto goes. We're hoping, we know they're not going to step aside. Nobody in their right mind is going to say they are going to just hand us the keys and to the house and walk away. No, that ain't going to happen. Something is going to happen. Either economically they're going to collapse, an asteroid's going to come down on DC, wipe ever, all of them out, something of a major importance, or the military is going to get saddened, mad, and decide they're going to step in and take them out. Well, that was my military point. Military has that, was that my right. Point. Yeah, that was my point. That's the only, that's the only, the asteroid's not going to come down. That, yeah, okay, that's hypotheticals, but I'm just saying right. it's, it's going to have to, we're going to have to deal with them somehow, some way. So it's going to have to be done in a lawful, peaceful manner, otherwise we're looking at civil war. So here you go. It's the Declaration of Independence, second paragraph. It is our right and our duty as people of this country to tear it, uh, a government that's become under tyranny, to tear it down and rebuild it. 
That's our right. That's why they don't want the Declaration of Independence along with the Constitution. They don't want it because it says that. That's them we're talking about. And they don't want us to know that, but we do know it. So, if see, technically under law, the military works for the people. No, they not don't. The president. No, no, they technically under the law they don't. They have to answer to Congress and the, and the president. That technically under the Constitution, the people get, don't, can't command the military. No, the people don't have no authority over traitors. the military. Then they're all treasonous traitors because they no, no, they don't. The republic every time they salute the flag. Every morning and every evening when they do this. No, I'm, what I'm saying is the people can't tell the military what to do. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They, they, the, the, the citizens can, cannot tell the military what to do. You know, that's what I'm trying to tell you. So that right now, the de facto, they have full control over the military. Yeah, whether, what orders they great. obey and whatnot, yeah, that's on them. But I'm just saying that we, the people, can't t- tell the military what to do, you know? I think we well, went over that one time. I'm trying to, that's the point I'm trying to bring to the table. A different perspective on the conversation. According to all these treaties and the UN and the uh, NATO and so on and so forth, if our government was to fall and our people were without a government, now they have the responsibility by treaty to step in and to give us our government. So you tell me the people can't tell the military what to do? I'm going to challenge it, Joe. Because if the republic is recognized by over 100 nations in the world, and we have shown them by representation of the people aligning with the law that we are here, then we have a government, and we're not without a government, so they don't have the standing to use the excuse that our government collapsed and failed, and now they get to come in and dictate to us. Okay. All right. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Joe. I have basically the same kind of questions as Joe Gibson just um, just outlined. My question is this. 30,000 people in each state, <clears throat> according to your particular philosophy of how to take back the government, is all that's necessary in order to have a transitional election. And whoever wins that transitional election in order to take over a vacant seat has a de jure right to take over that vacant seat. Am I right so far? Jim? Justice Waters, I I agree. What do you say, Justice Waters? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So let's say I am now elected as a result of the 30,000 people in the state of North Carolina. Okay. So right now we have a ragtag government of patriots that date back 10, 15, 20 years that have been holding their oath to to the people to educate and promote a transitional election. So what that vacant seat means is a vacancy within this ragtag law form uh, or, or body that's inhabiting this republic law according to our constitution and the Northwest Ordinance and we're seeking other like-minded patriots to come on board to fill those to Let fill those no 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 to fill those vacant seats. Now once those vacant seats are filled right. and the thirty thousand are assembled, please Lord send a governor to Colorado Free State that can do a better job than I can. 
and let me retire after over 12 years of service. So that's okay, the now goal is now well, you lost. We me. have to have because I'm we thinking. have to have organized. We have to have organized elections in each state, and so we're trying to organize over the states within <laughs> our body, and we have vacancies there. You know, as Jim, you're not, you're not have, getting the question. I see where he's coming from. You're not getting the question he's asking. When you show up to, because you fulfilled those seats, and he says, you know, you got the keys to the office. You know, show me my office. How are you going to? He's saying that we're going to walk in. He's saying we're going to walk in and kick the de facto out and tell them that they don't belong. In no, their, no. In let their, me repeat no. myself. As you say, okay. communication is a wonderful thing. I said, <laughs> okay. I got elected. I'm not going to use Joe's name. I'm, I got elected to whatever particular state. Okay, there's a vacancy. Somebody died in the de facto republic. There's a vacancy. I got elected by the 30,000 people who came together and wanted this transitional type of election. So they elected me to take over the vacant seat. I go to the state capital of, let's say, Texas, which has about, what, 20 million people. And I show up at the state capital and I say, I'm here for the vacant seat. Give me the key. Show me my office, please. Okay. You missed the concept of dual jurisdiction. Okay. Yeah, the they have their government. de facto right. jurisdiction, and we're not walking in and taking over seats in their de facto jurisdiction. State capitals right. will have to be determined by the people and inhabited by the people. But the place you call the state capital for the de facto is their property and their jurisdiction, and I don't want nothing to do with it. Well, even if we have our so, own okay. state capital, Jim, but even if we don't do that, if we don't do that, we have 30,000. What do we do with the other 20 million that are going to be like, show yeah. you, that are going to say, hell no, you know, you don't operate it's nothing it. here. Joe, at so, that point in it. time, those 20 million are in the Republic. They may not know it, but when once the de facto goes down, everybody in this country wakes up in the Republic. Okay, so we have right. to wait so for the point in time. We need 30,000 people in your state to vote for representatives and so forth that will do just right now, will do what I am doing in holding a position until the de facto goes down. Oh, okay. So you're waiting until every, <clears throat> until the eminent collapse yes. of the of the U.S. corporation. Yes. So we're now not going to go, I'm not gonna go down to, to Indianapolis and sit in the Supreme Court and say, here I am. I get shot. Okay. Uh, let me let me answer in a little different, no. more realistic thing as we live these days. The corporation has not had control of the Federal Reserve since Trump uh, put it out of the Treasury. And the world is going to go back currencies. And the de facto is playing with their own monopoly money as long as it lasts. And so now 30,000 people stand up. And each state is represented, and we got a seat by treaties at the international table, and our Constitution tells us that we're supposed to have gold and silver. And so we go on the gold and silver standard. Now, meanwhile, you have those that don't want to be, well, they don't understand yet. And they're still on the handout with the paper money and the good faith of promises. And pretty soon, the retailer out there that's in your neighborhood that 
is growing fruits and vegetables has a choice to accept good faith and promises from a defunct bunch of crooks or gold from the guy standing across the counter from him. And you tell me where the American people are going to end up. That's how it's good. That's you how it's going to play out, folks. 30,000 is in the Constitution. That's, that's law of the land, and that's what we have to go by. So there's no debate, no question, no trying to change it. It's the way it is. The Northwest Ordinance, I'm looking at it, it's under the National Archives.gov. So if you want yeah, to go there, I that's got, where you I can find that. the Northwest Ordinance. I got, I downloaded it. I have it. Okay. The Northwest Ordinance, the only thing that it does for the Republic, and this is the point we're trying to get across to everybody, the Northwest Ordinance gives the president of the interim government the right and the authority to appoint a governor, to appoint a secretary, and to appoint judges, three of them, every every territory, every state that is not represented right now is considered a territory, okay? Therefore, once that is accomplished, then it's up to that territorial governor to then appoint militia officers and other officers of that particular territory. And then when we get to 30,000 people in that territory, or what we now call a state, then they can vote inside their state for state reps, senators, and so forth. It's not a national election. Not for the president. Yeah, I know. It's a it's third, just yeah, vote I know. inside it's, the state. Right. And that's how we reclaim this government, it. It. and it's how we reclaim okay. this nation. There's no other okay. way to do it unless you drop a bomb on somebody. All right. That's so, what we don't know, want so to do. Do we have states? Do we have states or territories existing now? Is exactly. We got forty-eight. We got fifty states. I think five right. or six of them are fully recommend. You know, fully. Uh, they got all the people they need, and the rest are considered territories. So now, what, what I'm saying, as far as the, they're recognized, is they have a governor, and they have senators and reps that are appointed until the people can make a vote. And that's where we're trying to get to, is to get the people to be able to vote Ooh. for themselves. We are just holding the seat. The Declaration of Sovereign Intent is not a treaty. It is a statement of intent. That's what I'm saying. You don't have it. And yet. a treaty only comes with representation from the people. And we haven't got to that point yet. Yes, in the beginning, I see what we were talking about 10 because I was a part of this 10 years ago, but it got lost and it got muddied like it's like, you know, and 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 the de facto swooped down and uh, did what they do best with the media and twisted everything around and whatnot. But again, so where do we stand today? Okay, you keep we keep hearing, this is where people are getting conflicted and we lose the support that 
we're trying to draw in to network. We get this great foundation going, and it, it just fizzles out because there's no standing. Okay, we, we have to see an end game. We've got to see the final chapter. Americans are very smart people, and the people that are patriots out there, like Joe, who's on the line right now, people out there who care about this country, care about this Constitution, who want to fix this there and want to restore our republic, right. and we've got to see everything through. You know, we can't be, there can't be any smoke. You got it, Joe. You know? You got it, Joe, because everybody wants it done for them so that they can get on board. And they didn't elect me, and they didn't elect Roger, and so who am I? And who is Roger? And we're trying to say, we've been standing in it for you guys all these years, waiting for you guys to stand up. To do what? Now, as a body, we have standing. I don't have any standing yeah. other than 50 people elected me from Colorado. I got the documents, and they said, we need somebody to represent us, and we choose you. Yeah, but we get well, the 30,000, though, yeah. Jim. We get the 30, that's the problem we're bumping into. With that 30,000 is constitutional, you're saying. Okay, that's great. <laughs> but we, you know, where do we have to sit back and wait for the de facto to collapse either way? Because we, we, we're not going to be able to say, hey, we are now yeah. the government. So, because the de facto well, is still in full you're, control. You're assuming, uh, you're assuming that only 30,000 people are ever going to see the light. And that 30,000 people is going to sit there and tell her and wait. With 30,000 people, there's called an exponential curve. And once people see the light, like 80 million people that voted for Trump saw the light. And they but see Trump the is the president of the de facto, though. He's not a president of the republic. Maybe they'll want something different. Yeah, Joe, I understand what you're saying. Joe? Yes? When, the, when a quorum of states, when we get 38 states, which is a quorum, to have 30,000 individuals in that state, then the United States military, by law, by constitutional law, and by the Northwest Ordinance, must act for the people because okay. they serve the Constitution, not Congress, not the President. My oath was never, ever to the President. Yeah. Okay. That's what I just want to see it through that. Through that. That's what we're trying to get to. Is that we want to see when we get these numbers and whether it be forty-eight thousand, Jim. I'm just saying thirty thousand because that's what you said. You know, well, it could be twenty-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. I don't know. You know, but I'm just saying we get the thirty thousand and 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 all these states and now the military is going to step in. Have we? I mean, how far more can we go? I mean, what do we need to do? Will you say get people together? Like I said. Okay, let's, I get 30,000 people together in North Carolina. Okay, I could probably get 10,000 people together in North Carolina. I'm, and then if I get that 10, I do all this work. We got the 30,000. Now what? Now what do I do? You know, okay. that's where we're getting let's, lost let's go here. Back to, let's go back to tie this together. with, And I, I apologize. It's taken my old brain so long to wrap my head around the conversation. So please accept my apologies. Roger, you hit it by law. Because anything that we that's do what has I to be by law, that's, okay? Yeah. And that's, that's the what whole I get conversation into. we bring to the table is there are no hiccups. It has to be by law or it's unconstitutional. Amen. And so Barnes versus Bidwell. Roger, talk to us about the law. Well, first of all, you know, under under all law, the Constitution is the top, and the Constitution 
So is the Army and the Navy, because back then we didn't have the Marines and we didn't have the Air Force. But it, the branches of military serve to protect this country and the Constitution. And what the Constitution says, that every state is guaranteed a republic form of government. That True. is the number one thing the federal government is supposed to do, is guarantee the states that. Now, the military, if they take an oath to defend the Constitution, they've got to defend that particular right, okay? That's why I say, by law, they will follow what the people want, okay? Because right now, the they me... understand there is no constitutional law being followed. They get paid by the de facto, so they work for the de facto. But once that trail is turned and the people begin to rise up and speak up and start putting people in offices and we've got a legit government in 38 states, they, under law, with the joint chiefs who have signed paperwork, will go and fight for us because it's the Constitution they take an oath to, which is what we have taken an, an oath to. So the point is, that. we are the ones in standing, not them. And the military knows fine. that. Okay. But they don't recognize so, us, though. That's the problem. You know, they, they won't they, recognize they our do, jurisdiction. But they do, but they can't do anything right now. Not for us. No, Roger, what my, you're saying, my, what what you're saying is that there has to be a quorum, a quorum of 38 states. Those that exactly. quorum has not, okay, so you got the quorum, and in each of the 38 states, you get 30,000 to elect somebody to take over the vacant seat. No more history lessons. I'm just going to ask a question and get a simple answer. Who? What is this vacant seat that the 30,000 people have voted for? In the Republic, not the corporation, not the de facto, but in this Republic, we have many vacant seats. People need to take the oath and do that seat. What is the judges? So, so enough 30,000 so people forth. have gotten together. They voted me to take over the vacancy. Is as I'm, Am I going to be the governor, the treasurer, the assemblyman? What am I breaking going to do? down? That's where you're breaking whatever down. Whatever you through. accept, yes. Um, whatever for, I for, accept. At this point. At this point in time, so, no, no, you missed it. You're, and I'm going to get to it, Roger. At this point in time, if you feel led to represent uh, the people of your uh, your community or in your state, then you need to read the re-inhabited books, and that's a precondition. And those are available on our website. And then there's a short vetting process. We get to know you and, and make sure that you want liberty and justice for all under the Constitution for the people. And... So then in other words, i got to be vetted by you. The, the, the so if I get together 30,000 people by, who by want the existing, to re-inhabit the existing this leadership, By the existing, the existing leadership, leadership of the people that are... The, the vacant seats in question, my friend, are the five seats that the president has the responsibility and duty to appoint the interim government to educate and to bring forth the 30,000 people so that they can have permanent elections to fill Which their Which president are you talking about? State. The President so, Geiger or the President 
President Biden Geiger, or the president, President which Geiger. One? President Geiger. President okay. Geiger. Senator okay. Mark Binder, can I have the floor, please? Go ahead, yeah, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you. Okay. First of all, you have to get into your, your mind, Joe, that um, there is no republic in power right now. Okay? It's a corporate democracy controlled by oligarchs. So don't, don't uh, confuse that with the republic. And second, you need to understand is the republic is a parallel government because we're not in competition with government. de facto. Yeah. We're a parallel right. government, okay? And the de facto is, is the de facto. We're not trying to to uh, take over what they have. We don't want to coup. We want to re-inhabit the republic that we had up until 1865, 1871. Okay. So that being said, something else to understand is the fact that we, our republic, has standing in law, but de facto has color of law. And so that's how we get standing, and that's how they have to go away when we get stood up. And uh, just those two points might standing clarify where? a little bit. Standing in what? You have standing in In this nation in we call America, in the entire, in, in America. See, the, the standing in stolen America. away by cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men and women and everything that they have done is, is, is does not have standing in law because they're an illegitimate government. They're, they're a corporation that's masquerading as government. So uh, mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Okay, yeah, we can we'll appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Stuff. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. True. But, but again, they have all the guns, they have all the military, and they have all the money. <laughs> but yeah. here's what we have on our side, though, ladies and gentlemen. We have God on our side. And it's going to get stood up when God says it's going to get stood up. And that not uh, I mean, like, okay, be that's the bottom by, line. Well, that's gonna yeah, happen. yeah, that's true. So, but but again, well, that's, that's not why we're here right now. We're not here waiting for God right now. We're here to do something. We're here to rehabit our republic. <laughs> and, you know, and well, we're yeah, here we're to learning you know, what we got to do exactly. We're we're learning what we got to do. There's, yeah, there's no problem yeah. with that. We need to be ready. <laughs> Too bad the real history wasn't taught in, our, in schools and in colleges and stuff. Yeah. When you say ready, you okay, ready for the demise of the de facto government, which which is going to come about somehow, some way. How you guys, uh, how it's going to happen, nobody knows, right? True, I would say that's pretty much true. Uh, I mean, we see the writing on the uh, wall, pretty correct. much. Yeah. Listen, Dean, um, if you take a look at treaties, you go back to the Jay Treaty in the 1800s. Uh, that actually says that the Jay Treaty uh, recognizes the republic, America's republic, in perpetuity. So that means forever. And that's why we're standing here with the lawful republic for America and for we the people. We're not here to tear any government down, any de facto uh, corporation. We know true. if you read the Jay Treaty that it's truly understand that we are here peacefully and lawfully and we're just waiting for the American people to stand up in force majeure and get this project done. And, Joe uh, Gibson, as I understand, you were one of the people in the beginning that you met with the military, and they said that this was going to happen within a 10-year plan. And now we're That's looking correct. in 2000. Thank you, sir. And in 2012, you know, we saw some things happen within our republic, which caused many people to run for the hills and fear. But the ones on this call right now, I can stand here proudly and say that we are the American people standing for 
the rest of the American people here. And we are doing this in law and under God's grace and peace and love. I actually, I actually met with Ron Paul, several other senators, and there were military personnel there. I'm not going to mention names, of course, and personal friends of mine, and there were Navy SEALs there, and this was all going to come to a head in, 20, in uh, 2011, 2010, 2013, and so what you're saying is absolutely true. And I'm here to tell you, I swear, I was there, I saw it, I saw the documents, I saw the plan, and what was going to happen. But that's all gone now. That's one water under the bridge. We have to start all from pretty much from the foundation that we started, and and that's what we're doing here now. But again, we 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 cloudy, you know, and that's why I was bringing up these tough questions and putting them out there and feeding them out there. And then Joe, of course, he was very knowledgeable and he's a patriot. And he cares about. And these are questions that a lot of men and women who were around that's back right. then. Uh, are going to ask. They're going to ask these tough questions, and then we're going to get into a conflict, and we're going to run amok, and we got to be careful. So that's why Joe's asking very important questions, and and by no means is he trying to mock anybody, but these are hard questions that have to be answered and give they and being given. To be asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Joe, since you met with the military and Ron Paul, etc., I can understand how if the military were to take down the de facto government, then of course the republic. Would have would step in because all of it would have been meshed in together, would have been baked in, and the treaty, the J Treaty or whatever the treaty would be, would have standing because everything would have been working together in in coordination with each other. Exactly. But now, since that has not happened, if I take down the government for some reason, I do not recognize the republic. Yeah, that's true. And the J Treaty. We're gonna have another conflict. Yeah. So there would be a conflict. Yeah, well, we, we, that's what we're trying to stop from happening. That's why we're trying to educate the people and bring people together, network together, and say, hey, this is the best way, this is the only lawful way that we can see fit, according to the Constitution, to re-inhabit our, our constitutional republic. Because right now, the de facto is a criminal, like the gentleman was saying oh, there. Uh, you know, and, and, and we've got absolutely. to do something. I want to stress one thing. <sighs> All right. That nobody here owns history. And nobody here owns what our forefathers put in place for us. All we are trying to do is to find a lawful and legal remedy for the American people so that they can get back in control of the corporations that our forefathers created for them in lieu of their participation. Now it's time for us to own that and to get back into control again. And we're just looking for the lawful peaceful, legal way that our forefathers gave us to do it. Uh, I know people, and there are people on this phone call that signed those documents, and they're still here, and in their minds, still in effect. We just lost some of the people along the way, and we're going to rebuild. Okay. My name is Dr. Ventura. I've been following Joe for years here. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I just have a couple of questions, and then I have a statement. uh, And I appreciate what you're doing. And I am an American. My wife's a 20-year Navy vet. I'm a Navy vet, and I'm in touch with a lot of the vets. And uh, back in back when you all started, you had your quorum, you had the military. Uh, I think what uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just wondering, was the purge? There was a purge of the military, and all of a sudden it came along and they purged a bunch of officers and a bunch of high-ranking officials, and they got them out of the military. About when I think you folks were about ready to to implement your plan. Am I correct on that? Pretty much, yes. Yes, sir, you are. Because that's when Obama made the comment, it's a great day for the republic to be dead. Yeah. 
Okay, because my wife is an honor guard at the Tomb of the Unknown, the military order, and we got kicked out of uh, off the tomb because of Obama because he was scared to death for his life. And, uh, <laughs> but regardless, so, uh, and I understand where you come from. I just wanted to say that I appreciate what you're doing. I thank you. I'm an American. I love my country, God, country, family. And uh, before you go off the air, I'd love to pray for your uh, movement and for the American people. I'm going to sit aside right now. Thank you. Uh, sir, Thank just you, let sir. me say this one thing real quick. You are exactly yes, the type of person we need. Yeah, this is Sally, American statesman. Um, hey, Sally. <laughs> I've been listening and listening, going back and forth, and the concept of everything, I, I, I love what we're trying to do, and I remember a while back when this was started to be done a while back. I'm glad to kind of see it going. But, the you know, and, and the uh, intent is to obviously do everything peacefully. But when we have such a corrupt environment, the truth doesn't matter. This is this is what we're facing right now. The truth, the, the judicial system, the whole system is so corrupt that even though we may have the right to do this, to take over peacefully and everything else, I don't see everybody, as the, the, the um, loons that are out there now, the treasonous traitors and whatever else you want to call them, I don't see them just stepping aside. They're going to continue to do just like Obama did where he was destroying the military. We've got another nutcase in there destroying the military. The military has now been turned against us in, in many ways. Uh, seeing what happened with this FBI, we, you know, the law law and order doesn't matter. The, the truth doesn't matter. And we're fighting a different type of evil. The, the, I don't see how you do this in quite the peaceful manner that is said, while I would much rather have it, that's what I would like. But when you see what just happened, with the FBI raiding that um, uh, Trump's place down there, Mar-a-Lago, why would, this, this is the evilness dealing. I, I don't see how you're going to get this done peacefully. I, that, that's my question. As much as I want it that way, that's what I would like. Uh, I would like for the evil people to just go away, but I don't think they're going to just go away. They're, they have too much invested. They have gone so far. They have taken so much. Plus, you've got China all over this country right now. It's I, I don't I don't truly see us being able to peacefully take over. I will be more than happy to be one of those interims here in Florida or somewhere wherever it's needed because I, I believe in this country and I want I want my country back. However. I'm just not sure how you're going to do this peacefully. May I respond yeah, to that, yeah. please? May I respond to that? Yes, Jim. Um, you know, Joe, it goes back to the 10-year plan, and when we didn't make it in 2012, 2013, Trump was recruited to bring the people together because remember back in those days it was said the American people weren't ready for the changes that had to be made and that they needed to be woken up more to accept their their reality and the, the future that they're going to be facing, which is today. And so the 10-year plan was, was developed. In the background of all of this, I also have some international banking experience, and, and I follow international banking. And back in those days, also, the Monaco Accord came about, and uh, they held a little... Uh, private accord amongst the big players and they said, you know what, it's time for the central bank to go down. We're tired of them bombing our countries and taking over our assets and, and being a big dog on the block and they're no better than communism. It's just under a different color. And they decided that they were going to knock the props out and take uh, away the petrodollar status from the U.S. 
And that's all documented back in 2009, 2010, in those days. And uh, so here we are today, folks, and the conversation we've had amongst the leaders in this radio group in the past has been that, you know, guys, if we would have accomplished what we sought to accomplish in 2012, 2013, then we would have been responsible and would have owned uh, the outcome of bringing all these traitors and infiltrators uh, to justice. And that was why the 10-year plan was developed and Trump was brought on board. And he brought the people together and he exposed, according to the 10-year plan, the corruption so that the people could get softened up enough to own their future and be a people, uh, a constitution. Yeah, but how is it going to be done peacefully? That's what was was your question, Jim. How are we going to do this peacefully? The peaceful part is, is that in the background, these infiltrators and these bad people have been taken care of and been dealt with little by little in order to turn the ship on a steady course. And they, the, the deep state had to be allowed to show the people just exactly how corrupt they are because that's part of owning your reality. And so we're suffering as humanity worldwide. and this worldwide agenda of over 209 nations that have agreed to come together and defeat the evil empire that has taken over the world. And we know that one-on-one, the world doesn't stand a chance. And that's why the Great Reset and all these world, it's an accounting procedure worldwide that brings all the antiquity bonds and everything to the table and all the debt from rebuilding Europe and rebuilding Japan and it's all brought to the table, and all the debt is settled, and we go under a new financial system worldwide, which is asset-backed. And I know this from firsthand conversations with people who have participated in those studies of assets on individual countries around the world. So I know what I'm talking about, folks. So as this economy, rule number one is you always follow the money. So as this economy you see playing out, in the background is the death throes of the good faith and promises. And meanwhile, you see BRICS being stood up, Russia, China, India, South Africa, and all these other nations. And now you see Zimbabwe, they're putting out gold coins. And now you see a league of African nations over here, and they just started putting out gold coins. And more people are getting involved. And gold only doesn't buy, gold only buys gold. Good faith and promises of a dying corporation doesn't buy oil from Russia or Venezuela or anybody else. I'm trying to give you the perspective is we are seeing it happen peacefully. No, it's we're painfully. not. It's painfully. We are. It's painful. But it's a lot more peaceful than blood in the street. And we saw some of that a couple of years ago. And we don't want to what see any more. About, what you're alluding to is that some people have been taken care of, you said, about two minutes ago, little by yeah. little. That I think we got. That's not the answer to the question, okay, peacefully. If they're being taken care of little by little, it has to be done in the timeline so that the so that the republic will be overturned legally and that the new republic, whether it's a interim republic or, or another bunch of people, uh, patriots, will come in and take over and continue with the Constitution. So could you please, in a very, very brief time, because we've only got a few hours, about an hour left or so, could you please answer Sally's question in a more succinct way? Well, I was trying to give her some hope and some direction in all of this confusion. 
from an insider's point of view. So the thing we have to do is everybody needs to that wants to take a leadership position needs to read Reinhabited books one and two, so that we can have a conversation based around documented history. And now we have documented history for fact as a roadmap to run off of. And together, as a people, we can have a conversation and direct our future. We're not trying to give anybody anything except an opportunity. And we're getting old, and it's going to go away if other people don't pick it up and take it forward. Yeah, there's a lot of people who, who aren't going to come forward because they see they saw the insanity of January 6th. People who are in jail for doing absolutely nothing. Why well, the, the system has been so corrupted? The evilness, and this is what we see from the obvious enemies from within, the ones who are right. standing right in our face. We're not even talking about the Chinese takeover of this country that has so much control across it. So I, I mean, it's it's all we did. If you get everybody. If you could get everybody who goes to these rallies all on the very same day across this whole country, and we all say we're uh, in. We're not going to do anything else. We're shutting down this whole country. You people who are in Congress are going to go away. You Chinese people who think you're going to take over, pull out those arms because we've got ours too. That's what you think you're going to do. And we're going to have to take it back. I don't see how you're going to do it. Why do we still have arms? Why? Because we have to defend ourselves against tyranny. The tyranny is here. I don't know how much more tyranny we're going to see before the violence, if you're going to try to save us. Can I answer your question for you? This is Roger. You know, there's a difference between the term violence and defense. Let's not get those two mixed up. A violent act is going out and killing somebody because you didn't like the color of their shirt. Defending yourself is picking up arms and defending that something like that you own. Peaceful. Tell me what well, peaceful means. E- even does, defense does peaceful is peaceful. Peaceful bringing out the arms. Peaceful, the founding fathers not did not want to go to war against England. They did. They did. But they had to. Well, today, uh, in we today's world, we are going to have to learn the idea that we are not acting in violence. We are acting in defense of something our very yeah. lives. Yeah, hey, Joe, I've been listening real careful to everything that's been said tonight. Man, if I got... I know you guys are on the right track here. I think this is the only way to truly restore the original Constitution and and, and maintain the Republic. I, I get it. I'm not arguing this. I got some quibble about some relatively minor details, but that that could easily be worked out. I got I to gotta essentially agree with what Sally just said. This is, even though this is actually a restoration of what it's supposed to be, most people, even those who are upset with the system as it is, will not see it as a restoration. They are going to see it as an overthrow. The educational job to educate people as to how far we have strayed from the constitutional intent and even the very idea of originalism may be even insurmountable. Now, I'm not saying that this vision cannot be realized. I'm saying that to look at it without even providing for the eventuation of violence, whether it comes about through moral, ethical defense, or whether it is response to the aggression from people who just don't want it over the I just do not see how you cannot 
actively anticipated and planned for it. This is something that is so monumental that uh, you simply must look. The founders made the olive. You know about the olive branch petition they made to King George right after Washington and Concord. Yep. They made an attempt to resolve it peacefully, and it was rebuffed. These people, like we just got through saying, they are trying to turn over our energy grid to the Chinese communists. What do you yep. think? What do you, what do you think is going to happen when that happens? And you think a, a change of go, of our governance and our constitutional existence is not going to be meant with the utmost, with them being prepared to employ the utmost means of violence? You are just being delusional. I mean, yep. it's something that's got to be anticipated and even planned for. Even though, yes, I would prefer to see it done peacefully through debate and uh, the electoral processes. But I just don't see it, not with this bunch that is opposing us right now. Well, Sarge, you know that intent is, is big in law. And so the documents that we have on file, uh, that subject's covered in that document. and And we agree that we will not break the law and have a coup or an overthrow or anything like that, and it will be done by the law. Believe me, it has to be done by the law, and that's our target. So in order to do that, we need the people so that we don't own this. The people have to own it because it's a government platform by the people, and we're just trying to give them a platform and a lawful method to inhabit an ugly situation. But it doesn't mean that there's not going to be discomfort. But our intent is covered there, and it's law, and it's peaceful. And we will not be the aggressor. Yeah, okay. Well, I think another thing that needs to be said that is not being said is, for example, in my territory, now, I'm not a part of this yet, but I just want to give another perspective on this. In my territory, I get together a group of people that decide to be the governing party of this parallel government. It coexists with the de facto. But we intend to operate in the jure lawful governing style. So as we continue to operate and we continue to reach out to the people in our community that might be drawn towards the de facto government, they see how we are operating in the jure just truth way of doing things, they no longer want to work with the de facto government. They actually come on board with us, and at some point when enough people come on board with us, that de facto government will fall in its, on nah, its own. Because I, you I don't cannot, buy now. I don't buy that for a second. No, well, no, well, we can sit around for another 30 years waiting for, for, waiting for people to wake up. Come on. <laughs> we have to have educational workshops that help each person understand each position in the government and its role and its operation. And we are going to destroy ourselves for a lack of knowledge until we get the educational workshops working where people can learn about each position and the role and function of each that, position. Then we're going to continue to just dither in the noise. Okay, all right, uh, John Doe, I, you know, look, I, I, yeah, and keep doing it. Keep educating people. That's fine. Nobody's saying not, but we can't sit back and wait for everyone to be educated and do workshops across the country. That's, that's, uh, that's out of the pit. We're so far beyond that right now. It's game over right now, and it's been such a, a hard 
a passionate conversation mm-hmm. with everything that's been said yes, here. I mean, you know, I, I love my country. I love my Constitution, and I'll, I'll die for it. You know, simple as that. I don't care. You know, I'm, and I'm out here doing this, and I don't care. I'm not afraid. You know, and I'm sure none of you are. But, you know, we, we, we're, this is, this is, it's a game over here. This end game. It's, it's so mm-hmm. blatantly obvious right now. There's not 20 yeah. more years. There's not 30 more years. It's, it's pretty much over. It's going like, uh, hey. the doctor says, there's devolution. We got to keep educating yeah. the people and waking them up, and we have to keep having this conversation. And we have to keep working and striving to restore the republic lawfully and de jour. And we have to keep also praying, because we yeah. can't do anything without God. I think people have a misconception. It's more like a it's more like a committee, and every committee needs to have if it if it's a, a grassroots committee, then that committee needs to appoint somebody to to be a spokesman for them and somebody to keep the minutes and and somebody to participate at different levels within a committee, and that's what we did, and that's how we got started, right, Joe? And so, really, you know, we call ourselves that because. That's what the people ask us to do no, right? because that's what the Constitution requires for the republic yeah. to be re-enhanced. Yeah, you're right, Jim. And so, you're right, Jim. So it's not, it's not an ego thing. It's a responsibility, you know, to the people that, that we took. I just want to clear that up. I'm not going to get into any big discussion on what we were just saying except the difference of peaceful defense violence. And Farage is right. It's, it's, we just have to face the reality. We are in a different new world order already today, not necessarily the one we want. Uh, so the means are not going to be the same. The um, there was uh, I don't know if any of you ever listened to Steve Dace, but I was listening to his show earlier today. He was livid about the uh, Trump ordeal and everything, and he put a part. He, he's in the same um, same tent that I am talking about when it comes to the the Republican Party. How much faith do we have in this Republican Party? We are going to have to twist their arms, make sure we vetted these people as, as much as we possibly can, get some decent people out there, because assuming, which is a big assumption, assuming the GOP takes over that house in 2023, they are the ones that have the purse strings. They must, and this is what Steve Dace was saying, and it's like, yes, I totally agree. Those Republicans have to shut down the federal government. Shut it down, pull the plug. We're all going to have to uh, be ready to deal with some uh, no services from the federal government um, to to an extent there, and then we can maybe start doing a real reset of what we're talking about here. But we have got to have them shut down the federal government, pull the plug, shut down Biden, and start resetting it and cleaning up all this other mess. I don't see. I I really thought what he said made a lot of sense. That that is what needs to be done. We've got all these other. Oh, we can't shut down the federal government. All oh, these people running scared. Uh, we need to shut it down. And I've said, I've been saying it for some time now, that, and if I had the money and the means to do the promo, I would tell every American patriot out there, okay, on such and such a date, we're not going to go to work, we're not going to do anything, we are going to shut down this country. We are just going to shut down, nothing's going to happen. That's a peaceful way of doing it. Yeah, you got that. Don't expect everybody else to be peaceful about it, but it's going to be a peaceful, hey, we're tired of it, we're not taking it anymore, here we go. So what's the next step? After you accomplish that, what's the next step? When, well, this is when you might have a chance to put the others in there, but the, the key to me really is Congress shutting down the country, take, pulling, the, uh, pulling all the funds out, stopping all this insanity, shutting down the IRS insanity of 87,000 people to come after us and, and doing all that. I think that is truly the, the key piece of it. 
And the other thing, and we can look at all around the world today, people have been protesting. Look what Canada did to their own people, shutting down their bank accounts and stuff like that. So we do this here. People better be ready for the long haul. It's not going to be pretty. But I don't see any, I, I, I don't see a pretty way to do this. There is no peaceful, pretty, polite, wonderful. Yeah, and the standing of the republic, Sally, and the standing of the republic is so very important because a lot of people are interested in the republic. I mean, look, you've had people go download documents, research you, and this is so very important to Jim, Roger, uh, uh, President Geiger, all the other members of the republic or citizens of the republic that are listening, including myself here. You know, this is important. If we're going to bring people in from around the country and be part of this republic, answers have got to be, I mean, questions have to be asked. Answers have to be given, and we can't go into a long spiel about you know uh, certain things because look, it, it, time it, you know time is running out. No, it's simple as that. that. Right. It, you know, it, it, right. it, it, we've got to do this. It's got to get done, and we've got to start uh, doing it lawfully as best we can, peacefully. Now there is no tomorrow. It has to be now. That's how I always say: there is no tomorrow. There is no more tomorrow for me today. Well, I don't want to hear okay. about tomorrow. Uh, well, and you know, today, today is here, and that's all. That's fine. The the thing of the Congress, obviously, would be technically January twenty third uh, in, in uh, January twenty three, when they would be able to shut down the government. We won't be able to shut down the government before that, as far as Congress doing it. Yeah. And when you yeah. say now, yes, we do need to do something now. What do you, you want me to go outside right now and do something? Tell me what you want me to do, because when you say now, we got to be realistic. What now means? Now doesn't. Mean yeah. So much. We all we all need to be doing something. If you've got an event coming up right now where we're going to get people together where we think we won't all be arrested, let's, let's not go to Washington right now even though we should be allowed to, where, where do you want to do to go out there and rally the troops and say, hey, this is you need to be ready for what's going to come, come take place? It's, it's a reality check. You're, we're not going to be able to sit home and play nice and watch TV while this is all happening. It's but you know, Sally, great. this is another thing we discussed, Sally. This is another thing, too, for everybody else out there. Everybody's they're indi- out doing their individual thing. Like you said, numbers are so very important. <laughs> That'd be great to get to 30,000 and 38 states. That's great. And that would be an idealistic goal and, and to have our quorum and whatnot. That would show so much unity and, and, and force and power where then we can get the military to sit back down with us and certain people. I still have many contacts with people. Uh, many of my friends have contacts of contacts of contacts where we can make this happen. We can, but we have to put, you know, we, but we have to network together and keep doing what we're doing here. And so very important and put some of those ideological differences aside also. We know we are up against forces. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a raid against the American people any time in its entire history. I'm including every single enemy this country has ever faced on the field of battle. What we're looking at now is far, far worse. And uh, I, I think even though we've got the right ideas, I think we just have to really step back and realize the magnitude of the task we're undertaking. It's almost like Sisyphus and the big boulder. You know what I mean? That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I'm just saying, as long as we do understand that, and we may be talking about, well, I don't want to speculate on that right now, then I say go for it. I mean, considering the high hurdle that this reestablishing the de jure government is, then, I mean, you do still have the considerate option of taking advantage of the 50 state territories that are already set up under this the Republic for the United States of America, rallying those people to get enough people to go out and vote and make sure that the 
system of elections has integrity and enough eyes on it to make sure that it remains truthful and integrity to help get those people to take up the you know office positions in the de jure government and flip it that way if you want to but we have to have a serious conversation of what our strategy is going to be and then get us all in unity of how we're going to exercise that particular path to success you i mean you can do it either way but it's up to you to decide how we're going to work together because it ain't not, not any um, little group of us is big enough to overdo um, to take on the challenge by ourselves. Like you keep saying, we need strength in numbers, but we need strength in numbers where all people are unified to the details of what the actual strategy is that we're going to go down. But thank you for the time. All right, you're welcome very much. Uh, Jim, you want to say something real quick here at the end, and then Roger? And I think Dr. Ventura, he wanted to pray us out at the end, so I want to make sure if he wants to do that. But And then my, my co-host there, tonight, I, want to, I want to get him on here too. But, Jim, you want to say something real quick? Sure. You know, I thank everybody for coming on. And, you know, the conversation has to begin somewhere. And, you know, it's never it's never a simple task that we're up against, uh, especially if you want to do it lawfully and legally and, and recognized in law. We have a huge challenge ahead of us. But it's of form by the people, and this is what this conversation is all about, is the awakening process. And we all have the same roadmap, the same document to take us to the target, and that's all we're trying to do is to follow that document and to achieve the victory for the people because this is genuinely of for and by the people. Thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate you more than you Roger. Know. Roger, you still there? Yes. You know, like like Jim just said, that this isn't about just a few of us. This is about all of us. And we are simply asking you as people of this nation to join us as one people, as one voice, as one step to get this thing done so we can bring our country back down to where it belongs, where the people rule, not a few of the elite. So... Thank you for being here tonight. We we appreciate everybody's input, and uh, we hope that you join us again next week. Thank you, every, everybody here, for your thoughts. We need to stand together. We're all Americans. You know, we need to be unified, uh, divided. We will get nowhere. But, again, thank you very much for this platform, Joe, to share with the American people, the republic. You know, I, I'm very cautious about starting over of a republic. I've been told from the beginning, I've been with this again for since 2011, January, February. You know, you can't leave these seats. If you, you let these seats go, then the republic is lost. We believe we've done this lawfully and peacefully, and we just need to understand the beginning point to continue this restoration in America. Good evening, fellow patriots. May America bless God. It's been good conversation tonight. I hear a lot of frustration. I hear a lot of passion. Keep it going. There is a solution. God has a solution for America, and it was done in 2010, what these gentlemen talked about tonight. I exhort you to spend time on the national website and read through what was done. It was miraculous. There are miraculous stories of God's hand on what was done with the Declaration of Sovereign Intent and the Proclamation of Claim and Interest, and all through the years, how this remnant has held on through adversity. Like you've seen President Trump go through, we've 
experience that same adversity and we didn't have security and protection except from heaven above. So I want to exhort you to take a serious look at this. And then we can't forget that we have the promise of the harvest and another Holy Spirit outpouring. And our our history shows three great awakenings, 1740, 1826, and then just before the Civil War, there was a third one. And we can depend that there will be another divine intervention, and that's what we need. We can never forget that's the other party to the covenant of the Declaration of Independence, and he is key, and the government is on his shoulders. Let that rest in your mind. Thanks for the floor. I yield it back to you. Thank you, Gene. Thank you so much. Dr. Peter Ventura, thank you. just like to pray for our nation and for the people of this movement. Uh, Father God, Almighty God, bow down before you, Lord, as humbly as I can. And God, I ask you to bless this movement, Lord. We're the only nation that has chosen you, Lord, to lead and guide us. And God, you are our guide, our leader. We ask you to surround our leaders and those here, Lord, that are standing for truth, standing for the word of God, standing for your son, Jesus Christ, standing for the moral righteousness of Jesus Christ. We ask you, God, that you endow each and every one of them with wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of you, with understanding that, God, you would lead and guide us in a mighty way, that you would continue the vision that you've given us, that you would put a hedge about us, Lord. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise, the honor, the glory. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Peter. Mr. Binder. Yes, sir. I'm not at a pulpit. I'm just a humble patriot appealing to the highest power in the universe. So, Yahweh, our eternal Father, we humbly come before you in the name of Jesus to pray for this nation that we love, America. Father, we lift up Donald Trump and his family who have been relentless in fighting the Babylonian government that has usurped our rightful representative republic, governed by cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men and women for far too long. And although there are evil house cards falling, we pray for cover for those who are in the crossfire of this storm of retribution. Our focus is firmly on your plan to eradicate evil from among all Americans, as there is no higher power than you, Father. Help us to walk out this time by faith, knowing that you will never leave us or forsake us, and that you are the same yesterday as you are today, as you will be tomorrow, and your word is pure truth. As your word plainly tells us in Habakkuk, prayer, that be chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, says, God, you marched across the land in awesome anger and trampled down the nations in your wrath. You went out to save your chosen people. You crushed the head of the wicked and laid bare his bones from head to toe. You destroyed with their own weapons those who came out like a whirlwind, thinking Israel would be an easy prey. And he's talking about the descendants of the house of Jacob, which many Europeans are of that. But thank you for that word of encouragement, Father. Let us focus on your word and leave the the babbling confusion to the world's people that have chosen to receive strong delusion instead of truth. God save the republic. Anything short of the republic is a compromise to the American people. Thank you, Father, and amen. Thank you. Everybody, I don't know who else I got left here on the queue, but I'll tell you what, you know, I'm getting ready to go to work for a 12-hour shift, you know, uh, know, so I don't want to hear people are busy here. They got something to do. You know, um, this is what I do, and, and there's a lot of people on the call here tonight dedicated their lives to the Patriot Movement. They've done everything they can to study, know history. Look at Sarge, expert in history, smartest guy I've ever known who knows history. 
look, we got to keep coming together, working together. I cannot ever say it not enough. And repetition is the key to say things over and over sometimes because they say, keep saying it over and over, people will believe it and people will start to learn it and know it. And that's what we have to do. We have to keep doing this every single Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Listen, there's other platforms on this podcast here tonight. Uh, Sally, she does a podcast show. Uh, you know, we have to join together, network together. No reason why we cannot spend the time uh, every evening, once a day, or twice a day, whatever time you have that's extra, because we're fighting for our country right now. There's no time to go watch movies, have fun, and play. There's no time for anything else. The time is now to start working today. We're together to fight for our republic, restore our land, restore our country. We have to fight for our children. For goodness sake, fight for yourself if you won't fight for anybody else. If you can't fight for yourself, I don't know what to tell you. But I want to say it was a great podcast show here tonight. God bless our republic. Thanks, everybody, for listening tonight. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.